I'm sure most of you know that uh, yesterday, uh, I believe it was around uh, 11 a.m. Uh, Central Time down in El Paso, Texas, a 21-year-old, uh, his name uh, is Patrick Crucius. Um, he went into a Walmart down in El Paso. He mowed down 20, well, he killed 20 uh, innocent people. Uh, 27 are wounded. Uh, my last time uh, hearing uh, reports are that three of the wounded are in critical condition and many others are, are in stable condition. So obviously the death toll might increase um, from that. And not even 24 hours later, not yeah. even 24 hours later. Like I remember you, were, you, you, when we saw each other this morning, you said to me, yeah, there was yeah. another shooting. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, it wasn't... 20, it was... it was Because that happened yesterday afternoon. When I, I remember, I didn't get back here till like 1 o'clock. Right. And then I saw it, and that's when I went live on Instagram. Right. And yeah, so it was maybe 12 hours. Because right. it, was, it was the nightclub, so it, it wasn't past 2. The only place that stayed open until 4 is Vegas in New York. And uh, MD is right, I should say. 21-year-old white male, uh, Patrick Crucius. Good, good correction. Thank you for that. Um, was the, we'll call him alleged, uh, he's been apprehended in El Paso. And uh, 24 hours, less than 24 hours later, 24-year-old uh, right now alleged, uh, Connor Betts, Connor Betts, uh, murdered nine people at a bar in Dayton, Ohio, uh, and 26 others are injured. Uh, in the case of Dayton, Ohio, Ty, I'll cover Long Beach event if you want. I don't know what that um, uh, uh, Bernie's going to be in Long Beach. Okay. Um, that's, the, that's the tall guy yeah. that we interviewed. So I don't know if, um, yeah, I think this is relevant from, from all accounts. There was police in Dayton just patrolling that area anyway. And, you know, when we criticize the police, they deserve it. But I think in this case, apparently they got in there within one minute. Um, Which it's, they it's, said he could have, like, killed. Yeah, he could have killed dozens more. Um, which shows you he was able to kill nine people in 60 seconds. Um, and it could have been a lot worse. Uh, also relevant to say in the El Paso shooting, three Mexicans were killed. Uh, obviously, El Paso is right on the border of Mexico. Seven other Mexicans uh, were injured. And I think there's a lot of different ways to go. We're going to get to the gun aspect of this because the headline is the United Guns of America, contrary to what Republicans say and gun control, gun manufacturers say, and Ted Cruz says, and Marco Rubio says, people have mental illness all over this world. Yeah. But in other countries, people with mental illness are not, not able to carry out uh, heinous crimes with a, um, you know, a bottle opener or a knife. You know, you've seen some stabbing uh, events in other countries, but you have multiple people stabbing many people. In these cases, you usually have one shooter. And again, in the Ohio case, we're talking this, this alleged shooter, 24-year-old, killed nine people in 60 seconds. Would have been way worse if the police did not respond the way they did. Yeah. So I want to start with the obvious, uh, which is I don't think anti-immigrant fervor started under Donald Trump. I think anti-immigrant fervor, frankly, started probably dating back to Reagan. Um, I think it ratcheted up uh, anti-immigrant favor, blaming Mexicans and Muslims and brown people as the other, uh, ratcheted up heavily under Newt Gingrich and those Republicans in the 90s. 
And then, obviously, it got really jacked up, uh, beginning with the Tea Party uh, around 2010, 2011. So all of this, Mexicans as the others, and because I am going to read some of the manifesto from the El Paso shooter, because beyond the fact that he's obviously mentally unhinged, um, he's just wrong. This killer, this murderer, this white supremacist, let's call it what it is, he's a white supremacist. And I see some people tweeting online, uh, he's a white nationalist. That's not the same thing as a racist. You're a f***ing idiot. Whoever is tweeting those things, white nationalist, is, not, is more tribal. It's not racist. No, it's racist. So I want to get to all of these things that I said came before Trump and built up to Trump. The, the uh, otherization under Reagan which I think increased under Gingrich and these extremist Republicans beginning in the 90s. Of course, the Tea Party, which was masked as, you know, uh, about debt and deficit. Well, there was a lot of white people out there with signs about Obama and Mexicans. But Donald Trump is a manifestation of all of those things, and he's a vessel for those things. And although we can't exclusively ba- you sure blame Reagan, him. Though? I think Reagan was, like, he, Reagan was literally <coughs> had a... Uh, come in here mentality like his policies for immigration especially in mexico he had the most and like he wrote policies for them to be able to get in here the immigrants taking your jobs that that philosophy mm-hmm. and the immigrants are taking your job and the immigrants are, are i know he came up with the woman the the where the the queen the what's the name queen the welfare queen and by the way i don't know a lot of people don't know this ronald reagan was the one originally with the slogan make america oh, yeah, great again no 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 um, Nixon was actually the first one with America, make America great again. Oh. Then it went to Reagan. Then it went to um, uh, uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and America first. America right. first actually started from a racist thing back in the fifties. Right. And uh, Reagan used it. So, but and Roger Stone was on Reagan's campaign. Oh yeah. And Nixon's campaign. Mm-hmm. And Trump's campaign. So I want to uh, prefacing that we can't exclusively say this anti-immigrant, anti-invaders started before Donald Trump, he has greenlit it to be uh, basically a crisis. He has made it into these people's minds a crisis. So obviously, I'm just, there's many clips of this, but let's start just with this one. Organized caravans of migrants are marching toward our southern border. Some people call it an invasion. It's like an invasion. They have violently overrun the Mexican border. You saw that two days ago. These are tough people in many cases. A lot of young men, strong men, and a lot of men that maybe we don't want in our country. But again, we'll find that out through the legal process. But they've overrun the Mexican police, and they've overrun and hurt badly Mexican soldiers. So this isn't an innocent group of people. There's a large number of people that are tough. They've injured, they've attacked, and the Mexican police and military has actually suffered. And I appreciate what Mexico is trying to do. So let me begin by stating that these illegal caravans will not be allowed into the United States. And they should turn back now, because they're wasting their time. They should apply to come into our country. We want them to come into our country. 
very much. We need people to help us with all of these companies that are coming in. We've never had anything like this. We have car companies coming in. We have Foxconn so involved with the manufacturing of Apple products coming in in Wisconsin. We have a lot of companies coming in. They have to apply, and they have to be wonderful people that are going to love our country and work hard. And we've already dispatched for the border the United States military, and they will do the job. They're setting up right now, and they're preparing. We hope nothing happens. But if it does, we are totally prepared. Greatest military anywhere in the world, and it's going to be and is now in great shape, no longer depleted like it was when I took over as the President of the United States. Right before the midterms, we know that his strategy before the midterms was uh, kind of the Fox News uh, fear-mongering machine that Roger Ailes set up so powerfully. Uh, where he just doubled down the, the immigrants, they're coming, they're invading, the, Me the Mexicans and their caravan, they're invading, they're invading. He used phrases like attack, attack, attack. Opening sentence of the El Paso shooters manifesto. In general, I support the Christchurch shooter and his manifesto. This attack is in response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. So, Right there, what you see is basically replicating our president's language about an invasion. You heard him refer to it as an invasion. You heard him refer to it as an attack from these sinister invaders. He went on to say, they are the instigators, not me. I am simply defending my country from cultural and ethnic replacement brought by an invasion. Some people think this statement is hypocritical because of the nearly complete ethnic and cultural destruction brought to the Native Americans by our European ancestors. But this just reinforces my point. The natives didn't take the invasion of Europeans seriously. And now what's left is just a shadow of what was. My motives for this attack are not at all personal. Actually, the Hispanic community was not my target before I read The Great Replacement. This manifesto will cover the political and economic reasons behind the attack. My gear, my expectations of what response this will generate, and my personal motivations and thoughts. That's scary. There's so many things wrong with this. <coughs> and I'm actually going to go through this and just debunk it line by line because I think it's important. And some people don't want to show the manifesto. I think you have to. I think it's important. First of all, some people think this statement is hypocritical because of the nearly complete, complete ethnic and cultural destruction brought to the Native Americans by our European ancestors. But this reinforces my point. The natives didn't take the invasion of Europeans seriously, and now what's left is just a shadow of what was. I don't want to speak for Native Americans, but I've spent some time with Native Americans in my reporting. I think they took it seriously. I think they were pretty outnumbered by the settlers that came over fleeing the British. Uh, it was a revolution. And although the settlers that then became the colonists and the original Americans were fleeing Great Britain and that tyranny, they did not care about butchering, killing, raping, kidnapping Native Americans. So this, you know, maniacal psychopath 
that killed all these people. I don't think it's that they didn't take it seriously. I think they were pretty outnumbered, both by weapons, bodies, and sheer force. Your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I think I, I think personally that it's it's scary when you, when you think about his um, how he rationalized it. Now we can we can argue back and forth whether Native Americans took it seriously or not, but at a certain point. At the beginning, Native Americans trusted them. They trusted, they welcomed them. And through, their, and through them being trusting and welcoming these people, they got manipulated. And what's scary about him using that example, I actually think he think it was, it's hypocritical. So people think it's hypocritical. I'm not sure if they have whatever message board that he talks and they have a discussion. But he... To be able to rationalize that, like to me, I can see someone using that as a great example to why we need to kill Hispanics because look at what we did. Like we actually did this and this actually can be accomplished and it seems like they're doing it. That's scary because that's like, um, what do they call a call? Like a call to arms to people because, because anyone can hang their hat on that just like he did. You know what I mean? Like that manifesto, that reasoning why makes would make so much sense to a person that thinks the way he thinks. A white person that feels like that's the scary thing about it to me is that you can't. How do how, how do how do someone that believe that how could someone else argue him down if they really that's kind of that's kind of scary to me. It's just because you can I can see a lot of people like, yeah, we did that. It can be done. So. Let's prevent that because they didn't. You know what I'm saying? Regardless if they did or didn't, if they believe that, and where we are now as this is being a white country when it started off as a, a native to the Americans that was already here, I don't know, man. I'm going to read a little bit more of this because to me, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, if you want to read it, I mean, the whole thing is extremely troubling. But to me, the most troubling part of his manifesto is ridiculous. Uh, he says, it's not personal. This isn't personal. Uh, and actually, the Hispanic community was not my target, target before I read The Great Replacement. Mm. This manifesto will cover the political and economic reasons behind this attack, my gear, my expectations of what response this will generate. In short, America is rotting from the inside out, and peaceful means to stop this seem to be nearly impossible. The inconvenient truth is that our leaders, both Democrats and Republicans, have been failing us for decades. They are either complacent or involved in one of the biggest betrayals of the American public in our history, the takeover of the United States government by unchecked corporations. I could write a 10-page essay on all the damage these corporations have caused, but here is what's important. Due to the death of the baby boomers, the increasingly anti-immigrant rhetoric of the right, and the ever-increasing Hispanic population, America soon will become a one-party state. The Democratic Party will own America, and they know it. They have already begun the transition by pandering heavily to the Hispanic voting bloc in the first Democratic debate. They intend to use open borders, free health care for illegals, citizenship, and more to enact a political coup by importing and then legalizing millions of new voters. With policies like these, the Hispanic support for Democrats will likely become nearly unanimous in the future. The heavy Hispanic population in Texas will make us a Democratic stronghold. 
Losing Texas and a few other states with heavy Hispanic population to the Democrats is all it would take for them to win nearly every presidential election. Although the Republican Party is terrible, many factions within the Republic Party are pro-corporation. Pro-corporation equals pro-immigration. But some factions within the Republican Party don't prioritize corporations over our future. So the Democrats are nearly unanimous with their support of immigrations while the Republicans are divided over it. At least with the Republicans, the process of mass immigration and citizenship can be greatly reduced. The psychopaths hate creed is what comes next. But before that, my apologies, I didn't get this loaded before. I want to show you this chart before I read the next part of this. Right here is the wage growth of America versus productivity since 1950. You've all seen this before. You see how in 1980, it was the, the wage growth was climbing in the 50s, steady growth of wages. Yeah. About 1980, it totally flattens to the point where it went, started going down, went up, going up. But this is not a chart, that red line, that shows healthy, or organic, sustainable, and livable wage growth for a nation, especially a nation of now three, over almost 330 million people. We see on the blue line that productivity, beginning in 1980, skyrocketing. So as productivity has skyrocketed, wages are essentially flat. What began, and let's start a little earlier than 1970. You can't see it, but I'm pointing, yeah. I'm pointing right here, about 1975. What began in the mid-1970s? I'm sure a lot of you know this. In the mid-1970s, they started peeling away at campaign finance laws. This was long before Citizens United. So the rules on how much money corporations could donate to politicians started changing. Mm -hmm. Before the super PACs, there was just political action committees. Political action committees started. Modern-day lobbying started. The great documentary, Get Me Roger Stone, explains a lot of this. He's the one that, that, that started the... Uh the 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 super PACs where they would make they would like raise money to do campaign ads not it would be for the president but it wouldn't be sponsored by the president so it'd be in his favor but not sponsored for them and and right. him uh the guy that just went to jail for trump manafort manafort him manafort and another guy started this this super PAC company that's yeah. they're they're the first ones to do it so all of this started in the mid-1970s. At the same time, unions were being busted beginning in the late 1970s, and sky, th that busting in the yeah. mid-1970s, Reagan took that and just doubled and tripled that union busting. You remember the uh, air control workers, flight con whatever, the air traffickers. Yeah, air traffickers. That he fired. So you got busting unions... You have. Are you talking about Reagan? Yeah. When they had, yeah, yeah, for sure. You have busting unions. You have corporations, plutocrats, moneyed interests starting to starting to buy off Congress. Sure, in the past, 
politicians got donations sometimes, but not to the level of the 1970s yeah. and then in the 1980s. What else did you have? NAFTA in the 90s. But there were trade deals that began in the 80s that aren't as um, talked about. In, but trade, trade deals started in, you know, more in the 1970s, 1980s, and then you had NAFTA. So, because 1970s, they started closing a lot of the plants and everything. That's why a lot of people that had moved to LA became like um, in dire need. Like California was in, in bankruptcy. Like in the, in the 70s is when Nixon started changing everything. It's like right after he changed the gold standard and took that deal with Saudi Arabia. And by the way, by the way, let's not forget that in this wage productivity and wage growth, redlining of African-American communities, which obviously, yeah. I mean, so Africa, I mean, you, w this is wages for all Americans, but wages for African-Americans, if yeah. they had another line, it would be even worse because yeah. of the redlining, the racist, um, um, racist um, housing and mortgages. The unions, the unions didn't have black people. It took a while to try to, to get black people even in the unions that were for the people. That was just for white people uh, for the longest. So... I want to show you the car corresponding chart with this. Here you have, you've seen it, you've seen it before. Beginning in 1980, skyrocketing wealth for the 1%. Mm -hmm. Just total collapse for the, for the bottom 50%. That's crazy. Oh, mm. The two things that these charts have to do with are what I just said. Ronald Reagan. You have... Campaign finance rules being peeled away. You have union busting. You have trade deals. You have redlining. Deregulation. Deregulation. Definitely Reagan was, was part of that. And by the way, it started under Reagan. It all continued under Bill Clinton. It continued under George Bush. It continued under President Obama. President Obama had the added obstacle of a, I mean. Being black. Being black, but also. I mean, could have been a Great Depression. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barack Obama was pushing trade deals like the TPP. Barack Obama didn't do anything for unions. Uh, Barack Obama didn't do anything to change, uh, as far as I know, redlining. It's still going on. We just interviewed someone in Detroit that yeah. was talking about how bad the redlining is yeah, there. Yeah. So why I'm bringing this— I mean, you can, you can go to Detroit, you can go to Chicago, you can see it. It's, it's, it's evident. Like you can, it's a lot of gerrymandering in, in Chicago— but you can see where black people live in versus where, like, you see, like, the residue. I don't want to say residue because it's still going on, but you see redlining just by going to the neighborhood. So why I, why I wanted to show you those things first, all of this has nothing to do with Mexicans, <laughs> has nothing to do with Muslims, has nothing to do with Somalians, has nothing to do with brown people. It has nothing to do with immigration. But this is what... The Republican Party, the people that co-opted the Republican Party, which is the Tea Party, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, Breitbart, Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich, a lot of the idiots still today that go on MSNBC, the New York Times, CNN. This is what they have made impressionable, impressionable not just young people, yeah. but even older people think yeah. that the reason... You can't pay off your student loan debt. The reason that you have such high student loans yet can really only get a job at Walmart or Burger King or 
you know, a job, a decent job without health insurance or freelance or fellowship or, you know, a lot of these not livable jobs. The reason that, you know, you have a master's degree but can't actually get a job in what you uh, uh, applied to. Yeah. The reason that you got a job with health insurance but, you know, you're, you're paying out you're of your... taking half your check you, out, of your, out of your check. Right. To get that, in, in addition to you have to pay a copay, when you go see them, you have to spend $1,000 before the 80% actually kicks in. Like, they have a certain amount you have to spend before your insurance even kicks in. Before you even get the benefits of your insurance, you have to spend like 3000 It depends on the insurance company how much you have to spend. That's what happened to me. So, the reason they, they have hijacked you, these people's brains. And, and the people are not defenseless. Defenseless. It's not like they're just innocent flowers that were brainwashed. They're the ones carrying out these massacres. But they have hijacked these people's brains to think all of, all of the obstacles, all of the economic insecurity, desperation, is because the Mexicans have hijacked your government. The Mexicans have hijacked your country. When in reality, the corporations have hijacked your government. Yeah. It's not the Mexicans' fault that are working in those factories or the Chinese's faults that are working in those factories producing the cheaper labor. So people in Ohio or Michigan or Wisconsin or even Texas got laid off from their factory jobs or, you know, whether it be facts, factory, textiles, carpentry, whatever the case may be. It's not those other countries or the uh, workers that make cheaper labor's fault that you're losing your jobs. It's your politicians' fault. How many times have we, how many times in Congress, when, when, when a congressman introduces a deal, he forgot to, to change the letterhead, and it's a, and it's a corporation that has drafted the, the bill that he's sponsoring, or that he's saying he wrote in favor of whatever corporation. This happens so many times. You can, you can, you can Google it or, or look at it on YouTube, where they forget, like, um, the, the Koch brothers, uh, 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 Alec, are drafting legislation in favor of these corporations, you know what I'm saying? In favor of the NRA. <laughs> but one thing, unpacking that last part, is, again, scary to me. It's almost like the Bible. You know why people believe in the Bible? Because you got some truth, and then wrapped around all these lies. That's why you have five different religions that almost seem similar when you read their text. In that manifesto, there were some things that were actually true about, about what the corporations are doing, about what the Republicans... It, for a person that's looking for something, it doesn't seem one-sided. And for a person that's already upset, it doesn't seem irrational what he's talking about. You know, because he's, he, he brings in what that the, they're doing this for the corporations. The corporations are, are then bringing all the, the illegal immigrants in. But he's... It's... it's, it's it's scary because it's written well. It's, it's, it's con it could be convincing to someone. That's, that's hey, what's scary to me. The Unabomber, actually, in his manifesto, if you've read it, he made points that yeah. are true. The problem is they connect dots that don't connect. Yeah. So what we were just talking about, you know, for example, contrary to what CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times tells you, uh, Trump didn't win because of Russia. Trump didn't win because of Comey. If you actually read the exit polls of Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, exit polls, you know, when people vote, you, they get asked questions. The top two issues on every single one of those states, which now we're having this big discussion of the Democratic Party, who could win back those states for the Democrats? Trade, immigration. 
trade, mm -hmm. NAFTA, yeah. TPP, immigration. That is because Trump, but even preceding Trump, has been able to convince these workers that have been, and, yeah. and Ty and I have, and Jen have been to a lot of these cities and states. There are parts of Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, even like South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, that St. Louis. St. Louis. I've never been to a war zone, but I've seen footage that don't look very yeah. different. Yeah, it, you remember when we went to St. Louis, it was like, like literally, it like stopped. It was crazy because we were, you probably don't remember, but we were driving to go interview, um, you know, we were driving to get to that place where they first met when the shooting was like at a YMCA or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And you like crossed and you just like, it, it changes. The whole scenery changes. I mean, in, I guess in Michigan and Detroit, it's like, it's like the change is like, I don't know, like it's long. It's like, like, a, like the whole city is messed up. In, in, in St. Louis, you kind of like go to a certain area and it's like one street, two streets is just completely different and it's all around. It looks a little better. Uh, I want to, I don't want to miss any of these. Thank you. OTR trucker, five bucks. The, in the super chat, the key to it all, Reagan changed the CPI, waiting in weighing waiting in the inflation calculation, so that mm. only increases in wages cause inflation. Very good point. Carne Verde, five bucks in the super chat. Corporate stock buybacks are also illegal until 1982. SEC deregulation, very true. Mm. Uh, we were talking about deregulation. That's very true about the corporate stock buybacks. So, why we got into all this? Because I'm going to read to you the part which is the most unfactual of this manifesto about the economy the very people that have fucked demonetized the very people that have fucked the workers of america have been able to con the same people they're fucking that the mexicans fucked you that the muslims fucked you <laughs> that the somalians fucked you let's this is this is and this isn't a new game dog this is not a new game the elite whites have been very um, brilliant at convincing poor whites that it's them over there. And back, it was us. It was the black people that was doing all that. That's why you were having the lynching. That's why um, uh, uh, Reconstruction <laughs> was was eliminated and, and was sabotaged. That's why um, the, the laws, uh, Jim Crow laws and all those things and the black codes that was happening in the South, all those things were going on because the, the elite was able to convince poor whites that you're white. And as long as you're white, you're better. And it's not anything but them that's trying to take it. And would distract them from seeing that no, that's it's the corporations that's doing it. We've been, they've been doing it for the longest time. They did it after I mean historic historically Beacon's War, Beacon's um what's called Beacon Revolution, Beacon Revenge or something. Be, the 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 guy that was a, a part that tried to 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 take over uh, before um when uh, the colonies were trying to tax them more. This is before like the before we had the Revolutionary War. They won the first battle, and then he ended up dying. This is crazy. He ended up dying. You're talking like, about Bunker Hill, huh? You talking about Bunker Hill? No, no, not oh. Bunker Hill. That, that's the Revolutionary War. Yeah. No, I'm talking about this is before. It's called Beacon's. It's not. I, I forgot what they called it, but it's like this guy went and he got he got Native Americans. He got the the free blacks because back before they were changing the laws, they would 
um, blacks also that they had slaves would be able to only have slavery for a certain period of time. And then after Beacon's uh, revolt, I think it's Beacon's revolt, after, after his revolt and he ended up dying, what they did, and because they was getting the poor whites, because everyone was living on the coast and the poor whites, Native Americans, and the, and the poor blacks that were freed were all pushed inland. Once they almost took over, that's when they started changing the laws. That's when they started making, that's when the, the idea of whiteness, that's when black people couldn't be, um, couldn't work their way out of slavery. Their children have to be born in slavery. They can be killed if they escape. They, they can't be on, on trials and juries. And that's when you started to see the separation between the endangered, endangered servants and the slaves. This has been going on for a long time. Elites, elite whites have always been able to distract you with them over there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, this is not new. It's just it's happening to other demographics more now with uh, uh, um, Muslims and Hispanics. But they've been doing this ever since before we was even a country. So with all that history of what's actually taking people's jobs, what's actually causing people to have to choose between medicine or grocery, um, electricity or, you know, child care. These are all things that many of you watching are deciding. Progressives have to make these decisions. Conservatives have to make these decisions. Neoliberals have to make these decisions. Black people, brown people, indigenous people, poor white people. The, the corporations, uh, uh, they basically, they don't care. What, the only color they care about is green. And they've certainly been capitalizing on the black people basically since the end of slavery. If you watch that great documentary by Aver DuVernay, uh, they basically, yeah. when they freed slaves, yeah. they just imprisoned them to keep the labor. Yeah, they, they, they changed the, the, the 13th Amendment is, is for prisons. That can, those are the only people that can have slaves. You know, after, like I said, after Reconstruction, they, they sabotaged Reconstruction and then they started to change those laws right. because you had a lot of black people in Congress right after Reconstruction in um, New Orleans and in, uh, in a lot of the southern states, and then they didn't like that. Uh, thank you, Griffin. Five bucks in the Super Chat. Will you guys be covering the Senate races as well? Griffin, we're covering, every, we're covering everything, baby. Everywhere, everything. But I got to get my back better to do all that. Please. Yeah, my... Please, are, are he's yeah, just going to be crippled and we won't be able to do nothing because he's doing yeah, bad. You don't want to see my back right now. Uh, yeah, we will be covering the Senate races. And I should say, we've already started interviewing local progressive candidates. If you're a local candidate running for Congress, Senate, PTA, we don't really care what you're running for. If you're progressive, email info at statuscoup.com. That's info at statuscoup.com. Let us know what you stand for. We can't promise to interview everybody. But over the next few weeks and months, we're definitely going to be starting. Uh, most of it will be like via Skype. But when we can interview people in the field, we certainly will. Are you, are you hot? A little bit, yeah. Oh, Beacon's Rebellion. Yeah, Beacon's Rebellion. Yeah. So I, I, want to, uh, I want to read the economic aspect of this manifesto, which I thought uh, is the most twisted. And this shows the brainwashing. And frankly, this is part of manufacturing consent. And the media has not challenged most of these untruths because, frankly, the media, I'm talking CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Wall, um, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Associated Press, even the digital sites, they are pro-globalization. Mm, yeah. They are pro-NAFTA, TPP. They don't care about you know, money in politics. If they cared about money in politics, after the 2016 debacle of Hillary Clinton losing to a reality TV star, they might have focused on, wow, people really don't like the corruption in Washington. Yeah. They chose 
to during in Russia and other countries' elections since the beginning of time. But the real lesson of 2016, why do you think there's such an anti-establishment desperation, anger, and frustration? Because of the very things that the elites and the corporations and the oligarchy have been able to convince yeah. all of these voters and all of these Americans, somebody else is to blame. This alleged shooter said, in short, immigration can only be detrimental to the future of America. Continued immigration will make one of the biggest issues of our time, automation, so much worse. Some sources say that in under two decades, half of American jobs will be lost to it. Of course, some people will be retrained, but most will not. So it makes no sense to keep, letting, keep on letting millions of illegal or le legal immigrants flood into the United States and to keep the tens of millions that are already here Invaders who also have close to the highest birth rate of all ethnicities in America. In the near future, America will have to initiate a basic universal basic uh, a basic universal income to prevent widespread poverty and civil unrest as people lose their jobs. So let's start with that. I don't know what this person is talking about because when I walk into Target across the street and you just have you know, self-pay machines, mm -hmm. or you now walk into the movies. Yeah. There's no more tellers. You just pay in a machine. Yeah. Or you work, I mean, even it's starting to happen at drive through Everywhere, McDonald's. McDonald's, they, like, if you look at McDonald's right now, they don't have, like, a lot of them, but it's, like, always one or two that's on the side. If you don't want to wait in line, you can just take your order right there. So, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think these machines are Mexican. No. I don't think these machines are Muslims. Yeah. I don't think these machines are humans. Mm -hmm. So... I think, I don't, I don't, but I think he's making two different points. No, he's not. He's talking about automation. Okay. Automization is machines. Yeah, no, no. So, I'm, of course. Read it again. Some, uh, some sources say that in under two decades, half of American jobs will be lost to automation. Yeah, automation. Of but course, some people will be retrained, but most will not. So it makes no sense to keep on letting millions of illegal or legal immigrants flood into the U.S. Uh, and then to keep tens of millions that are already here. Oh, automation is not, has nothing to do with immigration. Now, that's you know not what, what, what he's saying is this. He's saying that there's not going to be any jobs anyway, so why do you keep on letting people in? Like, in a minute, like, there's, because of automation, there's not going to be any jobs, so why do you continue to let all them in? That's, I think that's what, that's, what that, that's what he's saying on there. Right, but I think, he, I think he's, he, you, might be, you, you may be right. The way I'm interpreting it is he thinks somehow automation has to do with immigration. No, nah, I don't think he, I don't know. Okay. Well, even to your point, if he's saying automation is taking over anywhere, so we're already going to lose our jobs, you're making it much worse. Yeah. Because immigration mm -hmm. isn't, isn't the thing to attack? Yeah. The, the, the automation? automation? Of course. Because yeah. what is going course. to, what is threatening people's jobs more? Yeah. Immigrants or, uh, or robots? Because do you yeah. know what the number one, you know what the number one industry in America is? Truck drivers. Mm. Oh, you were telling me about that. The number one industry in America is truck drivers. I have spoken with experts who say there will be no more human truck drivers probably in three to five years. That is the threat. And this, frankly, some of you are part of the Andrew Yang gang. I am not. Because I don't believe in a defeatist attitude that, well, there's nothing we could do. Automation is inevitable. We got to just, you know, deal with it. And here's the thousand dollars a month. I think $1,000 a month would be very helpful to most people. But if there are no jobs, 
uh, $12,000 extra a year. That You can't live off $12,000 if you can't get a job. Doug, and automation, think about the idea of automation. Can I, like, can I, can I just say something? Automation, they could call it autom- automation. What automation is, is corporate greed. That is what automation right is. Sorry. No, you know, that's what I'm saying. You took the words right out of my mouth. Go ahead. It's not inevitable. Okay? So in the 1950s and 60s, for some of you uh, folks who might be older now and grew up, there was a zeitgeist in America. Uh, there was a culture. There was a social contract and dynamic that, you know, CEOs kind of made like 10, 15% more than their workers. CEOs kind of cared if their workers could live. CEOs kind of cared about the air their workers were breathing, the water their workers were drinking. CEOs might have a problem if their workers had to work another job after working eight hours. You know, actually, it was a source of pride for CEOs. The, a, a CEO, it was competition about, uh, among CEOs, how many jobs I've created, not how, many I, how, many, how much I'm doing without having to pay anyone or how few people I've employed, how few people or how many people I'm cutting and what my quarterly dividend was and all this. I think a lot of that changed, frankly, in the 1980s with this greed is good yeah, mentality yeah, yeah. of Wall Street. Uh, yes, it was a movie, but it was, it was yuppies, an idea. Young yuppies. Yes, young yeah. yuppies. So the point is, today, and this is where I think Andrew Yang gets it worse. No, 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 no. You'd, automation, yes, some things would be automated, but automation is a choice that companies have because there's no regulation of business in this company, in this uh, country. That's why I call it the United Corporations of America, because it's not a country. We are a large-scale corporation governed. Uh, we are basically a bunch of workers, 330 million, governed under a giant corporation. You can, and somebody might say, well, this is communist, Jordan, or this is socialist, or this is too big brother. No, you can have laws. You can have basic regulations yeah. of how many people a, a state or, or, a, or a sector, you know, when you read the jobs reports, you have the retail sector, you have the manufacturing sector, you have the uh, real estate sector, whatever it is. You can have regulations and laws. Yes. How many people need to be employed? This is what Bernie Sanders and others are talking about with a universal jobs guarantee. So it's, it, automation is not inevitable. And some of you might say that's naive. It's inevitable if we keep allowing corporations to buy our politicians. I'm not at the Young Turks anymore, but one thing they got right uh, in the beginning was money is the root of all evil. And you, no story that we cover doesn't have under it, at its root, money yeah. and the toxicity of money in politics. Yeah. So automation is not inevitable. And that's why I don't agree with Andrew Yang. Yeah. I also don't agree with him for other reasons, because I think he's trying to uh, rob Peter to pay Paul. So he's giving you $1,000 a month, uh, but he also wants to take people off what he calls entitlements, like Social Security, Medicare, these things, and shift everyone over to UBI. But those aren't actual entitlements. We pay into them yeah. for all our lives. Yeah. You want to say something? I was going to say, uh, not to be confused, like money isn't evil, but the, 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 root of, the, the root of evil is always money. If you go back, you always see people do messed up stuff because they want, they want to get more money. But I don't think it's, when you say people, I'm surprised that people would think that's like a communistic like approach, like regulations. No, like we have regulations with everything. It seemed only right to regulate things. I think what, what happens now in the, technolo- the technology boom, the, what happens is 
Technology happens and we figure it out 10 years later. Laws come 10 years later and it's like too late. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we have to start making laws because in 10 years, like people are going to revolt. No one's going, you, you're not going to have 50% of the country not having a job and be insecure. Don't know how they're going to treat, don't know how they're going to feed their family and just, and just lay over. That's not going to happen. So in, 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 in order for you to prevent some type of revolt, some type of revolution, because it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad, I'm telling you. You know what I mean? We had, a, we, had, we had a revolution, a racial revolution in the 60s, but that was only one side. That was black people trying to do it, and you had some of the white South trying to resist, but that was us. When you have an entire country... They're who they're going after because once the revolution happened, they're going to realize who, who who's doing it, who's involved, who's who's who made this happen. You know what I mean? I don't think it's anything wrong with having type of regulations where we know technology's happening. They can do this because they're greedy. They just want money. So the less people they have to pay, the more money they're going to make. That's all they're worried about. And we know that. So let's put regulations where you have to have this amount. There's nothing wrong with that. That's protecting its people. You know, how do you have a country? And you don't protect these people. That's what laws are for. That's why they try to regulate um, being able to throw waste in the water. You know what I'm saying? Try to regulate fracking. That's why people want to do that. Like, these things are for our benefit. You don't want to have to turn on your water and be able to light it. And you can't drink it. And you got to fill up a bucket every 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 three or four weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's nothing like, like that's not a communist, like, thing. That's, not, that's like a, a regular... Oh, of course. I'm referencing what like Liz Cheney, yeah, no, like Liz Cheney calls Bernie, commie Bernie, because these are all the people that work for the corporation saying this. It's completely reverse psychology. These Republicans, and frankly, there's a lot of Democrats who talk that way too. The point is, I mean, we already went into why he's brainwashed into thinking like Mexicans and brown people and these people are like the source of the issues in America. That's just. That's the cup of tea, right? That's racism. That's America. That's American is apple pie racism. But it is not. Automation is not inevitable. And as Bernie Sanders, you know, part of the reason Bernie Sanders has caught on over the last few years, and not only Bernie Sanders, but people like uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, Congressman Ro Khanna, many, many other progressives, not just their policies, they're talking about dignity. They're talking about we need to bring back dignity to America. We need to remove this system that is basically a country based on social Darwinism, survival of the fittest, you know, and we're in an economic hunger games. We've been in an economic hunger game since the 1980s, yeah. really. That is why progressive politics, and you go down the issues. Why do you think Medicare for all is polling in a majority among Republicans? Why do you think free public college is uh, a majority of support among Republicans and obviously more support among Democrats and independents? Go down the list. Green New Deal, fight for $15 minimum wage, all these things. They are supported because the people supporting it are struggling themselves. There's different degrees of struggle. There's the person who doesn't know if they're going to be able to keep the roof over their head in the next 30 days. When their, rent, when their rent bill comes, and there's people that just like, you know, have a little bit of debt. But everybody's struggle is different, but the pressures and the anger and the desperation can be very similar. 
So this is the economic programming. And of course, what Rush Limbaugh and Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, uh, you know, Ted Cruz, Louis Gohmert, some Democrats, they're so good at doing this, is making you think there's, there's a non-corporate reason. And this alleged shooter who's a psychopath is contradicting him all over the place because on one end, he's right to point out the corporations, but on the other end, he kind of like separates the two onto two different islands. You have the corporations, bad, but it's really the Mexicans and the Muslims. You know what? Let's just use journalism as an example, right? So status quo started a year ago, right? Uh, Jen, Jen, who's in the Super Chat, is the co-founder. Ty came on with us pretty much like a month after that. We're actually doing it a radically different way than most people. Most outlets from the New York Times to the Washington Post to CNN to MSNBC, they work on an advertising model, meaning I have to get, if I'm the New York Times or I'm the Washington Post, mm-hmm. or I need to get a certain amount of traffic mm-hmm. to my website to meet my corporate advertisers' demands or what I promised my corporate advertisers. I used to work at a website that they were literally buying traffic to meet advertising quotas because you tell your advertiser, we're projecting we're going to meet X for this month, and that's what the advertiser pays you based on. So if you know the media a little bit, a lot of people have been laid off in the media and journalism over the last two years because Facebook and Google two corporations that own our government, Facebook and Google are allowed to do whatever the hell they want, and Facebook and Google have now hijacked about 85 to 90% of the advertising revenue from the actual news outlets creating the journalism. All you gotta do is Google Facebook, Facebook and uh, 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 Facebook and Google's duopoly on advertising. Brought to you by Bill Clinton. Why I bring that up? is because it's not just the traditional things like manufacturing that the corporations have hijacked or retail or um, weapons or weapons or name your industry. It's every industry because corporations are not regulated in this country. Perfect example, the Wall Street crash of 2008. We have governmental governmental regulators Mm -hmm. that are supposed to regulate industries like Wall Street, like insurance, whatever. The regulators are asleep because the corporations have bought the government, the regulatory battles and all that. Yeah. So it's not like that. This is partly why I don't want to make this political, that to me, Elizabeth Warren's plans are not enough because just saying we're going to regulate things more doesn't change the structural rot of the system. You could have plans to regulate things more, but until you get the money out of the politics, the regulations are just going to be the regulatory bodies will be there, but without power, because the corporations will still buy off the government. Elizabeth Warren cannot change that all on her own. That's why Bernie Sanders says, I cannot change that all on my own as president. That's why we need a revolution, which scares a lot of people, but that's the truth. So, and the revolution is two different things in two different ways. You can have a, you can have a political revolution where we get gutted. It doesn't have to, it's not always like, like violence, you know what I mean? But it can end up being that if you don't do what needs to be done before. You know, it's like a powder keg, man. If you don't release that pressure, it's going to blow. Right. I'm going to read just a little bit more of this manifesto because there's two other things we need to get to with, this, with these shootings. One is the insane Republican hypocrisy about uh, protecting life. 
<sighs> that's number two. And yeah, of course, life only matters until you come out the wound. Then we don't care. Right. Shoot everybody. Of course, and of course, the guns. So he says, even though new migrants do the dirty work, uh, the, their kids typically don't. They want to live the American dream, which is why they get college degrees and fill higher paying skilled positions. This is why corporations lobby for even more illegal immigration, even after decades of it happening. They need to keep replenishing this low skilled labor pool. Even as migrant children flood skilled jobs, corporations make this worse by lobbying for even more work visas to be issued for skilled foreign workers to come here. Recently, the Senate, under a Republican administration, has greatly increased the number of foreign workers that will take American jobs. Remember that both Democrats and Republicans support immigration and work visas. Corporations need to keep replenishing the labor pool for both skilled and unskilled jobs to keep wages down. So automation is a good thing as it will eliminate the need for new migrants to fill unskilled jobs. I think that's what you were talking about before. Jobs that Americans can't survive on anyway. Automation can and would replace millions of low-skilled jobs if immigrants were deported. This, this source of competition for skilled labor from immigrants and visa holders around the world has made a very difficult situation even worse for natives as they compete in the skilled job market. What natives, though? I have no idea what he's talking about. I just want to know what natives Whites. is he talking about? Whites. Yeah. Whites. Look, how arrogant. You, you're the native of this country? That's crazy. So it used to be that a high school degree was worth something. Now a degree... Now, a bachelor's degree is what's recommended to be competitive in the job market. The cost of college degrees has exploded as their value has plummeted. So what this psychopath, and I, I, I'm going to keep calling him that because obviously he's a psychopath. What he's not understanding, it's not, you could, you could deport every immigrant in this country. Your wages are not going to go up as a result. Even if more people, you're saying, oh, the, the Mexicans or the brown people are taking your jobs. Okay, even if you get rid of them and let's say you get those jobs, you're still not going to get a livable wage. You're still going to get crappy health insurance if you're lucky enough to get health insurance. You go on a jobs board right now. I, lo I looked uh, just for, for hell once TYT fired me. I mean, it looks like 40 to 50% of the jobs are freelance. Yeah. Because they don't want to pay health exactly. insurance. Exactly. Which is part of why. I was I was on at the Young Turks for almost a year. when I, They told me it was only going to be a month. Almost a year. And I didn't have health insurance at all. And, and they who, just kept extending it. Who was they it? They kept extending who it. Who was it that got you hired there? Jordan. Jordan did. And then, Jordan, they, and Jordan. then they fired both of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't fire me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't get fired. I, I got laid off with like 20 other people. So don't put me in your box. Yeah. But... But that's the thing. That's what that's what they're doing. You know what I mean? That's what they're getting. Just by the way, I'm not an immigrant. I was brought here unwillfully, and I'm the descendant of slaves. The American lifestyle affords our citizens an incredible quality of life. However, our lifestyle is destroying the environment of our country. I don't know what the hell this man is talking about, that the American lifestyle affords our citizens an incredible quality of life. I don't know what he's talking about. It's a fantasy. However, our lifestyle is destroying the environment of our country. No, the Republican Party, with the help of the Democratic no, Party. No, that's true. He's talking about our footprint. Our carbon footprint is destroying this. He said, oh, the environment of our country. Our I thought he meant like the right. environment. But the corporations are the ones doing it. Okay, yeah. The, de the decimation of the environment is creating a massive burden for future generations. Oh, yeah. Corporations are heading the destruction of our environment by shamelessly over-harvesting resources. This has been a problem for decades. For example, this phenomenon is brilliantly portrayed in the decades-old classic, The Lorax, 
Watersheds around the country, especially in agricultural areas, are being depleted. Fresh water is being polluted from farming and oil drilling operations. Consumer culture is creating thousands of tons of unnecessary plastic waste and electronic waste, and recycling to help slow this down is almost non-existent. I could go on, but it's the same exact theme we've been talking about. No, Does this psychopath think that all of that is happening because Mexicans have bought the government or brown people have bought the government? The fossil fuel companies are the ones doing that. I think the, waste, that. the waste management companies are doing that. It's not the immigrants. He started this manifesto by talking about a Hispanic invasion of Texas. Does he think Texas is the number one? fossil fuel oil producer in the United States. North Dakota is numbers two. Texas is Texas's campaigns. They're paying for all the politicians in Texas's political campaigns. They're paying for all the Republican parties in Congress political campaigns. They're paying for several Democrats political campaigns. So he did this horrific thing based on a basic brainwashing and misunderstanding of what the sources behind the economic, I call it the controlled demolition of the middle class in this country. I leave black people out because they were never actually in the middle class. Mm-hmm. And even when they refer, when you refer to the middle class, I don't refer to black people. That's right. Not, that's a euphemism. But look, the thing that scares me the most, that worries me the most, and I see, I, I understand what you're saying by that's how he started it off. But he goes off into something else and he started to tell a truth about something. This is the thing that worries me is that he's mixing some truth with like hella lies and it gets uh, convoluted and it it's like the Bible. Like you have a little truth and then they put all those lies around it and then people believe it as true and people react to this. That's what's scary. That's the thing that's scary about this. You know what I mean? Because there's some rational things in, in here. You know what I mean? I mean, to be completely honest, <laughs> and that worries me, dog. It really does. It's hard to try to understand. You know, I think a part of trying to navigate that is to be able to talk about it. It, it really is. It, it's to be able to talk about it and have that outlet. I mean, the, how many people, uh, parents from the Newtown kids that been shot have committed suicide already? This is a real thing. Several in the last few months. Yeah, and it's a real thing. So I think it's imperative and important that we follow up with these people. You know, I think it's, I don't know if you guys heard me talk about it before, but everyone, everyone that I've met, and I've met a lot of of victims, victims from Chicago, we we interview because they have the worst uh, uh, gun violence. A lot of people try to use Chicago and say, oh, Chicago has the strictest gun laws, but they have the worst violence. Well, Chicago, they inside the parameters of Chicago, gun shops are illegal. But what they don't talk about is the gun show loophole because 80% of the guns that's found in homicides and shootings are, are guns that were trafficked from Ohio, Wisconsin, from the surrounding states that have these gun shows. And if, you're, and if you're at a gun show and you're a collector, what they call them are collectors. They collect guns. They're able to sell their collection without any license and without reporting who they sold them to. And so they'll sell a lot of guns to a person. Then those guns will be trafficked to Chicago. So a lot of they, they don't really talk about that. And that's why Chicago has the 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 issue that it's had. If we can deal with the gun show loophole, then we'll be able to 
actually get a stronghold on the things that's going on in Chicago because they find a lot of those guns. If you find 80% of the guns that are involved in, this, in, in the homicide or a crime are from out of the state, come on now. That's, that's pure evidence. And this is not, you can actually, you can look at the film Making the Killing or you can Google it. It's right there. But anyway, we in it, interviewed a lot of these a lot of these people and we've um been a <coughs> it's it's hard and i and i can i i i've had a, a cousin kill herself i've had um i had a cousin kill herself i had a friend kill himself but i'm not i you know i i haven't really dealt with that in my life but i did have those two people and then i've had at least 10 friends get get shot just on the street on some game banging shit so like being able to like the only way i've been able to deal with things for myself and i don't want to say like how i deal with things is how everybody deal with things but being able to talk about it and like just get it out of your head to understand why you know what i'm saying because it's no you can't wrap your i can wrap my mind around why we game bang and why i can get put in a situation that'll get me killed because that's the life I chose. Like, I can understand that because I made a decision and that's a part of it. Like, I can wrap my mind around why my, my partner is dead or why I got shot at or something like that. But it's hard to wrap your mind around how can I drop my kid off at school and never see him again. Or a movie theater. What, yeah, what did I do wrong? Like, it's, there was nothing, you know, it's hard to rationalize that. And it becomes stressful, you know, and you start to blame yourself. You start to, well, what was, you know, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's awful what happens. And I think it's, it's, it's good to be able to go there after because it doesn't stop. It stops for us. This will be done by Tuesday or Wednesday. They're going to be on Trump. They're going to be doing something else. CNN, MSNBC, they're going to be talking about something else. It's going to be done. They're gonna, it's going to be a, a bullet point in a line of breaking news, which is the same thing from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., period, point blank. And we know this because we're getting used to it. We shouldn't allow ourselves to get used to this type of stuff. This, this, these things can be prevented. They don't want it to be prevented. They, they want to continue to make money. It's all about money. You know what I'm saying? It's all about money, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that you got to... Be involved in a shooting, and this is the point I wanted to make earlier, is that a lot of the people that we talk to say, you know what, I, when I saw that the shooting in Aurora, I was like, oh, that's bad, but it wouldn't happen to me. That's what they say, it wouldn't happen to me. And then it happened to me. And now they became an activist, which is great, but we shouldn't, it's unfortunate, I'm not saying it's, it's what they did is wrong, it's good that they became activists, but we shouldn't wait till tragedy happens for us to fight for someone else, or for us to fight for something that we know is right. You know what I mean? We shouldn't because imagine if we would have been fighting and maybe uh, Newtown wouldn't happen. Maybe Las Vegas wouldn't happen. I mean, who knows? I'm just saying, like, we don't, it shouldn't have to just happen to us. I shouldn't have to have a gay niece or a gay sister to, 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 to realize that gay people are people and they should be able to get married. They should have the same rights as everybody else. Why, why does it have to happen to me for me to have empathy? It shouldn't have to be that way. You know what I'm saying? I want to move on. You know, I, I cover Democrats very critically. I cover the Democratic Party probably equally, if not more critically, than the Republican Party, because to me, 
I mean, is it breaking news to tell you the Republicans are corrupt? But in this case, we need to take on the Republicans. I don't want to hear Rick Santorum mm. or any of these frauds pretend to care yeah. about those precious human lives in the, in the women's womb. I'm not making an abortion or pro-choice argument. I'm pro-choice. I don't think government or anyone else should even have a say in any of this stuff. It's, it's the woman, her doctor, her family, whatever. Why is it that it's so sacred, a life is so sacred in mm. the womb, but when it comes to guns, it's the gun that is more sacred than the living person's life? Why is it that the gun or the, or the Second Amendment and the best, they bastardize the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment doesn't give you a, 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 a you know, never-ending right yeah. or, or a, um, what do they say? Inalienable, an inalienable right to go down with an Uzi yeah. to a bar. That's not what the Second Amendment says. The Second Amendment is actually talking about a well-regulated militia, not citizenry. But why is it that they are so worried about the sacred the sanctity of unborn life. But for those that are living, you know, theoretically, if Republicans got their way, that abortion was outlawed, you could have, technically, a baby born on a Tuesday. The mother, when they go home from the hospital, the mother, the father, they stop for food or whatever, or they stop at Walmart for some last-minute things. They get shot up. Well, in that case, they were protecting that baby and we outlawed abortion in in a terrible world where abortion is outlawed. That baby made it out, but they lasted a day because they they were in the the, the wrong Walmart or the wrong movie theater or the wrong grocery store or whatever. So the day before, we have to do everything possible to protect... That's the, that's the sirens coming for Rick Santorum. Yeah. And Rick Santorum was talking about soft, like, soft, what a, soft uh, targets, soft targets. Walmart in Texas is not a soft target because it's a, it's a mall there. Those are regular people. If I'm not mistaken, Texas is an open carry state. I know for sure it's a concealed carry, but I think it's an open carry state. So there's, there's not a such thing as a small target. As a soft target, maybe at a church. And in Texas, probably not. Because I know when you go to Michigan, they have, they have the little sign say no guns in the church. So maybe in the church, but probably so, uh, in Texas, not. Probably con- not. Concealed carry. It's a concealed carry. So that means everyone can carry. Period. Concealed carry just means you can't carry it in the open. You can conceal carry. Everyone can do that. When they have a gun, you can have a gun on you, period, point blank. It's legal. So there's really no soft targets unless, like I said, you're in a place where it says you can't have them. And this is what I was saying to you. I, I heard on the news, I don't know if it was a four-month-old or a four-year-old, but a very young kid died in the El Paso shooting. That's, but I think what you said is right. I feel like right. we had this conversation before, but, but like they care about life until you're out the womb. Then, right. The point is, the point is, I don't want to hear a f-ing thing about the sanctity of life, and I don't care what your Bible tells you. You know what? You know who has just as much a right to life? as an unborn baby, those f-ing kids in Newtown had a right to life. The, the, the uh, Declaration of Independence says the right to pursue happiness. You can't pursue happiness if you're getting your f-ing head blown out in a kindergarten classroom or in a movie theater or in a grocery store or a mall or a Walmart. The, the, 
It's not even hypocrisy. These people are sociopaths. To have that type of hypocrisy and that type of cognitive diffidence and absolutely evil, you're right. So we worry so much. We got to get, make sure you're out of the womb. And by the way, let's not, let's not pretend that the abortion uh, rights movement makes a lot of money for a lot of people in this country. It's also a money-making yeah. machine. So are we to think that life is precious an unborn life is precious, but the born, well, you know, that's just, that's just the price of living in a free country with a Second Amendment, mm. which brings me to the gun issue. And we've talked about this too many times. Mm. The point is, you know, the Republican Party, bottom line, and I tweeted this yesterday and I truly believe it, they're accomplices to all this carnage. They are accomplices to murder. Because for those of you with this, let me tell you something, there's mentally ill people uh, in New Zealand, there's mentally ill people in a lot of countries. You can't kill in, in Ohio. They, the guy killed uh, less than 24 hours ago, nine people in 60 it's seconds. 60 seconds. You cannot do that with uh, a knife. You cannot do that with um, yeah. a belt or a, yeah. or a nunchucks. Whatever. Or a, a pipe. Whatever so, they're trying to say that, oh, in another country that don't have guns, they use something else. You can't do that in 60 seconds. So the point is, yes, there's mental health issues. Sometimes mental health issues is you're born with it, you know, genetically, you have an imbalance in your head, whatever. But there's the root of it, and there's the mechanism where that mental health is carried out. Mm. The mechanism is not, is not the brain. The mechanism is the gun. Both of these attacks in less than 24 hours were AK-47 style weapons, yeah. semi-automatic. So just so you guys can understand what this is, because a lot of people trip out. But so a semi-automatic gun is just like a pistol. That just means you got to, every time you want to release a, a, a bullet, you have to fire, you, you, have to hit, you have to pull the trigger. Automatic is you pull it and it just shoots out. But the difference between an a AK-47 style rifle Versus a handgun is the velocity, how fast it goes, and how easy the trigger is, a hair trigger. So you don't have to pull that hard for you just to go like this. And that's why you can kill. And that's why it's similar. It's not an automatic, but it does more damage because of how, how, how it's made, um, the, the, how light the trigger is for you to pull it, and how fast and far that it goes. So it's, it's a completely different gun. It's a more powerful gun. But it's because it, a lot of people try to say, oh, semi-automatics, well, do you want us to get rid of handguns? And they try to twist you up because some people think some people say automatic when they're supposed to be saying semi-automatic. And people try to use that to, to twist people up. But it's a very powerful gun. And by the way, again, with the Republican hypocrisy. So we got to give the military whatever money they want. Now we're going up to seven hundred thirty eight billion dollars in a military budget, which the Democrats are agreeing to, which is a whole nother story. It's totally immoral, totally ridiculous. We, we were at $715 billion, Now we're going up to $738 billion. Probably in five years, we'll be at a trillion dollars for the military budget. So the Republicans say whatever the military needs, they get. The military, you can't say anything about the military. You're un-American. Military, we're, we're fuck yeah, America. I have a bonus for the military. But if the military, which almost unanimously military say, these weapons do not belong on the streets. These weapons do not belong in citizens' hands. These weapons are meant to kill, not defend, 
yourself, not hunt. They're meant to kill. Well, the Second Amendment. Well, the Second Amendment. Seems to me, if the military is, you know, the be-all, end-all, and it's our moral compass, well, shouldn't we lis- listen to the military folks? And by the way, Ty could talk about it a lot better than I can. He knows. It's not just the size of the guns. It's the ammunition these guns are able to hold, mm-hmm. the, the, mag- the magazine capacity. Yes. Uh, I think in the El Paso example, he had extra magazines. Yes. So have- I don't want to hear from anyone. And if you think it's just mental health, then you need to get your health checked. Mm-hmm. You got to realize that these people who just push this mental, fo- mental health issue, they are willfully lying. Of they know course. it's not yeah. mental health that's causing this. Yeah, because they don't say that when it's but, black. But, or, or but it, is, it is part of the Republican racket. And, you know, I don't wish this on Rick Santorum, but unfortunately, as, is, as, is, as in life, usually it takes a tragedy hitting you personally to change your mind. That's what I said earlier. I don't think Rick Santorum would be singing this tune. If or Ted Cruz. Yep. If, God forbid, it was their kid, you think they'd be saying Second Amendment? No. Because at the root, and this is how it goes, whether it be gun violence, gentrification, water contamination, police brutality, you name it. When they hear it happens to other people, ah, that's too bad. Uh, what, what time is The Bachelor on tonight? But when it happens to them, ooh, 